but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I got baptized in uh, Lake Minnetonka. I uh, hit a couple backflips. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. My swag was having no swag. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another installment here of the Minnesota Sports Podcast. Here for this, it's the 26th of January, a late night podcast. Uh, really could be listened to in the morning as well, but uh, the time of recording is 1:26, or the date I should say is 1:26. Time of recording is about 9:20, uh, but. We got some news here, and it's been a little bit breaking as we uh, are on this week's episode. And, and you know, with the Vikings GM search, it's it's officially done. It is in the books. Kawese Adofu Menza. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I know there's the proper way uh, to pronounce it. I'll pick it up. It's it's still second nature, so I got to pick it up a little bit. Uh, or it's not, you know what I mean. It's a work in progress, but I'll get there. Uh, otherwise, Cam. Cam is a good way to abbreviate it on Twitter. Uh, just for typing purposes. But uh, he is the Vikings' next general manager. Now it was down between him and Ryan Poles, of course, uh, who was with the Chiefs. Now he is the Bears' general manager. Um, and if you're Adolfo Menza, you were in the building yesterday knowing that your only real competitor for the position just took another job. So you were sitting pretty comfortably. And the Vikings, obviously, um, now I think they wanted Poles, but they got Adolfo Menza. And you know what? We'll see what happens. This happens all the time in head coaching interviews. Sometimes you're not the first to get them, and it doesn't necessarily mean you are the worst one for the spot. It just means that at the time, this guy was favored ahead of the other. Time will tell. Uh, Just one quick thing, though. We'll say on the second options, keep in mind, and this has nothing to do with each other, but is a nice, decent little parallel, is, remember, uh, I believe it was, what, in 2003? Something like that, when the Minnesota Vikings uh, were in the draft, and they, 2004, 2005 maybe, uh, they were in the draft, and they were looking to draft an offensive lineman, and they missed, uh, they didn't turn their card in time, and they wanted to draft a defensive lineman whose name escapes me, uh, but he wasn't taken instead, or it was an offensive lineman, and instead they took the defensive lineman in Kevin Williams. And whatever lineman it was, there's a reason I don't know his name, it's because he was a wash. And Kevin Williams is now in the Minnesota Vikings ring of honor. So sometimes the best moves at the time are the ones that you don't make or the ones that you don't do. Um, but time will tell, and I think that's the biggest answer. Adolfo Menza, he has a Harvard background, played junior varsity basketball at Harvard. He has a degree in economics, was working in Wall Street uh, before getting into the 49ers and then going over to Cleveland, working with GM Andrew Barry, who has a lot of the same analytical uh, kind of uh, background that he has and was able to get the Vikings GM job. And, you know, I think people can talk about the analytics and I honestly don't think it was the analytics that pumped uh, him into this top role. Uh, now keep in mind, Andrew Miller, who's the Vikings team president, uh, CEO, whatever the right word is. Um, he's a big time in the business department. He was over in Toronto with the Blue Jays baseball team, which is very analytically minded, very numbers driven. This seems like a guy he really wanted. um, And I think what really won over the rest of the front office and why he was named a finalist with Poles, Poles was more of a Spielman guy, a scout, former player, um, 
very much believes in building through the draft. Now, we don't know what uh, Men- Adolfo Mensa's view is on that, but uh, Poles is more of the traditional guy, more of a guy who aligned with the Rick Spielmans of the world, and in that same vein, not exactly the same, but in that same vein, Adolfo Mensa is going to be a nice change of pace, but what set him apart, and probably set Poles apart too, is the cohesiveness. Adolfo Mensa is not a scout by nature. He's not a guy who's going to be sitting in the combines with a stopwatch and a pad in his hand writing down stuff. He's going to be a guy that's going to delegate, and in a post-Spielman-Zimmer era world, it might not be the worst thing. Now, I know the NFL and really culture itself is always an overreaction based on what just happened, what just worked, or what just failed. And what just failed in the Vikings was this power structure with Zimmer and Spielman. Now it's going to change. They're trying to do a complete 180 in terms of that. And I think if you're going to go in that direction, Adolfo Menza is the guy to do it. He's a guy that is open-minded. He's a guy that wants cohesiveness because he knows he doesn't know everything. He knows he's a guy who's a business major, who's worked his way up, who is, you know, not to say he doesn't know anything. I think he's learned a lot in his time, but he doesn't have the expertise that some of the scouts do. So it's how does he delegate that power? How does he listen to the scouts? How does he include them? How does he include, you know, just different, even different parts of analytics and different parts of analytics is such a catch-all word. And honestly, I want to find a different word to call it, but just um, more modern age thinking in the NFL, and it's blending the new and the old, what works and what doesn't. See, I think even though analytics and, and that new age thinking is kind of what the NFL is trending to, like how the NFL is trending towards passing, there's always a lane for running. There's always a lane for the old school way of thinking, and I say this in baseball all the time, analytics are great. They don't win you games, and pure baseballisms are great but they don't win you games either. It's how you blend the two and combine them to the best of their abilities is what winning teams do. And that's what the Vikings are going to have to do as well. Just because the Vikings are more analytically driven and they go for it on fourth downs like they're Brandon Staley with the Chargers, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good. Now, you have to blend it with the old school football way of thinking. You have to blend it with certain things and figure out what works in each situation. And that's what winning football teams do. Um, so I think that's really the way that Adolfo Mensa, I think his strong suit, I think why he has the job, besides being the Harvard graduate and be somebody who gels well with Andrew Miller, who's very high in the Vikings business organization, uh, he's just a guy who wants to be cohesive, wants to a kumbaya this stuff. And that's the perception he has, and I have no reason to believe he doesn't. And this is totally unfair to him. My one concern is, remember Gerson Rosas with the Timberwolves was all cohesive and kumbaya, and the guy in before us was kind of a, you know, was very uh, authoritative with his power and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be a complete 180, and Gerson was, uh, he fooled everyone. Now, that's not to say that Adolfo Mensa is that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we're in the honeymoon phase of this hire, and we're hearing all the great stuff. And that's good. He sounds like a guy who could do some good things and a guy that could give a fresh breath of life into an organization that needs it, considering how long Spielman has been with the team. I think there's a lot to like with Adolfo Mensa. I really, really think there is. Not only that, there are reports that also Adolfo Mensa has done a good job in contract negotiations and all that kind of stuff again economics guy all all that stuff so my point is and i think to wrap up this whole ball of of kind of uh you know kind of stream of consciousness here because again this news just got announced within the hour so uh from this time of recording is adolfo menza 
on paper, looks like a great hire. It looks like a good hire considering where the team wants to go, considering what the team needs, and it seems on paper in a vacuum at 9:27 on January 26th of 2022 that it's a great hire. Now, one of the big things is going to be the coach. Another, and we'll get to that in a second, but another big thing is going to be we still have no idea, and that's the whole point of this. Adolfo Menza looks great on paper. He seems like, by all intents and purposes, a nice guy and a great guy to work with, and that's that's really good. We still, though, have no idea if he can draft a quarterback. We still have no idea what his views are on cornerbacks. We still have no idea what his views are on the offensive line, defensive line, you name it. We have to figure that out, and a big thing is and and a big thing with these is everybody's qualified everybody's qualified everybody that's going to get a job in an NFL G as an NFL GM everybody that is an NFL GM is qualified to have that position but that doesn't just because you're qualified doesn't mean you're good and this is nothing against Adolfo Mensa this is just the fact of we still don't know so anybody who's telling you that this is a horrible hire, anybody who's telling you this is a slam dunk hire, the Vikings have a dynasty in the making, they're lying to you or they're lying to their, themselves or both. Because we don't know, and time will tell. And that's just honestly, even the head coach you bring in, time will tell if they're going to be good. The quarter, the new quarterback you bring in at some point, time will tell. You just have to hope that you had a great process to get to them, bring them in the building, and see what happens. And that being said, we're going to get behind Adolfo Menza on this podcast. Until proven otherwise, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think Adolfo Menza is going to be a good thing for this organization based on all the stuff I said before about the cohesiveness, about the smart background, about just a different way of thinking. Different doesn't always mean good, but when the franchise has been spinning its wheels for the last four years, uh, it just needs a fresh breath of life. And maybe it doesn't yield success right away, but it's just what needs to happen. So with that being said, Adolfo Menza is the Vikings next GM. Don't really know much on his philosophy on building through the draft. Don't really know his philosophy on free agents. Don't really with Spielman, he was around so much you knew. Get first round picks, accumulate a bunch of late round picks, have a bunch of darts at the board, quantity over quality in terms of draft picks. We have no idea what Adolfo Menza is like. Now San Francisco traded a bunch of first round picks. But that's a John Lynch thing. We don't know if that's Adolfo Mensa. We don't know what Adolfo Mensa likes in a quarterback. We don't even know what he wants in a head coach yet. So these are all things that we just kind of have to wait and see. And he'll probably have an introductory press conference tomorrow, would guess around noon, sometime in the early afternoon, to have that press conference. And it probably won't say much either. It'll be all a kumbaya, great hire, we all love working together kind of thing. So it's we're not really going to get much. It's more going to be when the head coach comes in. And that's going to be a big one. So the Vikings have already done initial interviews, I believe, on eight candidates. And it's going to be really interesting to see who they bring in. Now there's Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. Don't believe he was calling plays, but I could be wrong with Green Bay. Um, and again, you're just an offensive coordinator in Green Bay. You're going to get a look. You worked with Rodgers, the offense, you know, whatever. It's going to get its, it's, going to get its praise. Hackett's been a, a good guy. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator before in Jacksonville, where I believe he was calling his own plays. So there's something you can look towards um, with him as a head coaching candidate. They have some background. He worked as a grad assistant coach, I believe, some kind of lower coaching role at uh, Stanford while Adolfo Mensa was uh, in the department, or was it in San Francisco? Uh 
either way, they have some very long, I'm going to look that up quick, but we have some very long uh, connection that goes with Adolfo Mensa and Hackett. So there's one, there's one area there of expertise that we could look at. And as uh, trying to pull this up here with the connection, um, trying to pull this up here with the connection to uh, Adolfo Mensa, but again, Right now, with this team, it's who are you going to bring in as head coach? D'Amico Ryans is another one, of course, being from San Francisco, uh, a team he was recently with a couple years ago. There's that connection. Um, There's, I mean, there's just really, there's also the connection of bringing in an older established head coach, a Doug Peterson, bringing in somebody like a a Dan Quinn, but believe Dan Quinn's going to either get the Bears job or the Broncos job. But uh, again, you don't. We don't really know yet who Adolfo Mensa's head coaching candidates are really going to be. Now, trying to look up here the twitters of Rappaport, Schefter, um, and all the like, trying to just see who they have. But uh, but again, uh, we don't really know uh, who's going to be there. Um, there are some, uh, Kevin O'Connell is another one again in San Francisco. He's an offensive coordinator. So there's that. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting. Do you go with the more uh, traditionally, do you go with the older, more experienced head coach and just help guide him along? He doesn't know really how to go through a draft process leading the way. We'll have a head coach who's done it before um, as a head coach. Um, I, I don't think that's the route. I think you shouldn't be scared to bring in a young head coach and to pair him with a young, whether offensive or defensive coach. I don't care if he's an offensive or a defensive coach. I just hire the right person. Don't worry if they're older. Don't worry if they're younger. Just get somebody here who you think the head co- or the GM can mesh with. Because as we learned with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, get somebody who can work well together. And that's really all I want. If you can work well together, you'll figure this thing out. You have to tie each. You you guys are tied at the hip with the head coach and the GM. So you need to make sure that this hire is a slam dunk. You need to make sure that you get your guy because a lot of head coach or a lot of general managers really only get one head coach. Maybe two if they're lucky. But you don't get too many bites at that apple. You need to make sure that this is the guy you really want. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't really have a preference right now with who they hire. I I think once we know who, because we don't really know what their pecking order is. Once they bring in two to three guys for a head coaching interview, then we'll start to kind of get into those details. But I think for right now, I think you shouldn't be scared to get a defensive coach. And I think you shouldn't be scared to get a younger head coach either, or at least somebody who doesn't have that quote unquote head coach experience. Now, Raheem Morris is somebody who ha- who has been a head coach before. I'm okay with that if you think he's the right guy. I'm okay with the Todd Bowles if you think he's the right guy. Or at least I can get behind the logic of reasoning. But don't bring in Todd Bowles to be your head coach because he's an experienced head coach and you just need somebody with experience. Because ultimately, if you don't get the vision right or you're just not on the same page, it's not going to work. So you just need to bring in the best head coach for this position and the listening to the Paul Allen show earlier today, trying to pick up some nuggets from listening to him. He made it sound like, and again, he threw a bunch of things out there. So take it with a grain of salt, but he made it seem like the potential Vikings head coach is still 
uh, in the playoffs, that he's a coordinator of a team that is still in the playoffs. Now, that leads me to believe it's somebody with the Rams or the 49ers. There's nobody really with the Chiefs unless Biennemi gets a strong interest, but the Vikings didn't bring him in for an initial interview. There's nobody on the Bengals, so it leads me to believe that it's either somebody like a Kevin O'Connell, a D'Amico Ryans, or a Raheem Morris. It's one of those things for them. Uh, but I think when you look at this team in the Minnesota Vikings, they need some defensive holes to fill too. They have to rebuild that entire defense from scratch. Bringing in a defensive-minded head coach might not be the worst thing in the world as long as you nail the offensive coordinator. If you're somebody like Raheem Morris who has expertise on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. And and again, with Adolfo Menza being such a new on the scene guy, he's only 40 years old. Cleveland's website said he was like 32, 33, uh, like a year ago. So I, I don't know, but again, he, we don't know. And I think that's the biggest thing is we still don't know yet, but with Adolfo Menza coming in, his head coach is going to be crucial. I don't think he should be scared to bring in a young guy. You just, you can bring in a young head coach. You want to know why? Because you still have Rob Brzezinski helping man the salary cap and working in the front office. You still have um, Jamal Stevenson working with the Vikings as well. There are still experienced people in the building and the scouting department who can help guide you along. And if you and he is known as being the great collaborator, being a guy who brings people together, really listens to everybody. That shouldn't turn those older. Uh, that kind of traditional scouting model, maybe not so much older, that shouldn't turn them off so much. And that can really help your team and bring everybody together. And if you're a young head coach, get an experienced staff. Just bring in the best guy for the position. It doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter what position they coach. Just bring in the best guy for the job. And I think the Vikings will do that. The Bears, you can see, are trying to go for the uh, experienced head coach route, and it's leading them to Jim Caldwell and... Uh, Dan Quinn. Now they could do Eberflus, the Colts' offensive court or defensive coordinator. So they're, I mean, they could still go in a younger route uh, with a first-time head coach. But it looks like they're leaning more in a veteran head coach to guide them along. And I say just bring in the best guy. I've said that a bunch here on this podcast today, but it's true. Um, don't be afraid to do it. Just if you think you, I'm not saying you got to find the next Sean McVay or you got to find the next Brandon Staley or you got to find whatever. You just have to find your guy. Go pick your guy. It's like when you're picking a quarterback. Pick the guy you want and go down with that ship because if you get your foot in halfway, there's still a good chance you sink anyways, even if it's not the guy you want. Go down swinging. Um, And don't be afraid to do it if it's a young head coach, if it's a first-time head coach who's young. Just make make a very serious attempt to bring in a lot of veteran coaches on the staff and go from there. Uh, Again, with, with the Vikings now hiring... Uh, Cam hiring, uh, you know, uh, hiring the the artist formerly known as Cam uh, in Adolfo Menza. Uh, it's going to be really interesting, and I really this is exciting. This is an exciting time to be a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. This is an exciting time to see where this franchise is going, um, because there's just so many variables. There, the only interesting thing last offseason was what the Vikings were going to do with Kirk Cousins. They inevitably kept him. It was a pretty boring offseason. And there were still questions about the team, and a lot of those questions turned out to be true when it all imploded. So they haven't had this much intrigue in an offseason since maybe 2018, but at the very least since 2014, really, when 
Zimmer was brought in and when they drafted Bridgewater and the team kind of started from scratch, there was a lot of fresh optimism, and we haven't really got that in a while, and there's going to be a lot of it. Um, one last thing, and we'll finish up on this, is we have our... Uh, you know, as we have our Adolfe uh, Owasu press con, or uh, Adolfe Masu, sorry, I am just butchering this name. Um, but there's one last thing to look at with this, and is what do you do with the team? Now, obviously, and what do you do with Kirk Cousins and Mordo? What do you do, more so, what do you do with the team overall? With Kirk Cousins, that had to be one of the biggest questions asked in that interview is, what do you think of Kirk Cousins? And if you want to get rid of him, what's your plan? Are you cutting him? Are you trading him? If you're trading him, who are you trading him to? What does your package look like? What do you think we can get back for him? Who are some potential teams to, that you think you could get you could get him to? Uh, that's got to be one. We don't know what his plan is going to be yet. Um, so we'll just see on that one. Now keep in mind, if you want to trade him to Cleveland... Uh, Great working relationship, obviously, with Stefanski and the Vikings, and with Cam coming from Cleveland, that's a good sign. But, um, again, I, who knows what's going to happen. You kind of have to wait and see on that. But what do you do with Kirk Cousins? Do you keep him for a season and just say, we're going to ride out the last year of his contract, we're not going to re-sign him, but we're just going to keep him around, let's see how it goes, especially if we bring in an offensive head coach, let's see what he has with an experienced veteran quarterback right away, let's figure out some other stuff on the roster before we try and figure out quarterback, do you even extend Kirk Cousins for another couple seasons, just to say, let's fill out the roster first and get a quarterback in waiting, Kirk Cousins can be the starter this year and next year, and we'll bring in another quarterback who's going to kind of sit and learn from him I don't know I'd be against that route but they could do it they could just get rid of Kirk Cousins somehow whether it's cutting him or trading him and starting from scratch then you have to figure out one you have to bring in a veteran quarterback because otherwise your only other quarterback on the roster is Kellen Mond so you have to bring in a veteran is it a Ryan Fitzpatrick is it a it's a long shot but is it a Teddy Bridgewater is it somebody some veteran quarterback who just wants to play and you kind of give him that bridge quarterback type situation where he kind of just has the job as long as he can hold on to it while you bring in a rookie quarterback in the draft or do you just bring in a rookie quarterback and just go from there this quarterback class isn't very good so that also throws a wrench in it so I think honestly I wouldn't be surprised there there's the way I think is this is really going to only go one of two ways with Kirk Cousins, is it's only going to go either they trade him right away, they have a plan, they ship him off as fast as they can, they have a team figured out, and as soon as the league year starts, Kirk Cousins is gone, he has a new team, and it's figured out. Or the Vikings just sit on their hands with Kirk Cousins and let it play out next season, and they keep him. There's no way that that's going to go. It's like if he leaves, it's not like it's going to be in limbo like it was last year where you're just kind of on the fence waiting for a move to happen, waiting for some news to break. I feel like it's going to happen pretty early. They if they they know what they want to do with Kirk Cousins right now. And or at least have a pretty good idea depending on who the head coach is. So once they get the head coach in place, they're going to put wheels in motion if they want to get rid of Kirk. They're not going to waste their time because that's got to be priority number one if your intention is to not keep Kirk Cousins on the roster is to get the guy eating $30 million plus million of the salary cap off the roster or at least dump some of that away. But the another big question is what do you do with this team? Do you try and compete for the future? Or That's a weird way of saying it. Do you try and compete in the future? Are you 
punting on this season and just saying we're just going to roll with the team we have we're going to try and make some solid draft picks but we are not competing in 2022 we want to just take a step back and restock and then see where we are in 2023 that could be an option you know maybe you shed some some longtime starters you trade them you cut them for salary reasons and you try and build the team from scratch that i mean that might have to happen whether people like it or not this offense has great pieces but this defense man this defense is going to be bad outside of Eric Kendricks. Uh, there's Anthony Barr's not coming back. Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. Anthony Barr's not coming back. Uh, Daniil Hunter, we don't know what's going to happen with him if he's coming back, what the situation is. Keep in mind, this whole franchise has been flipped on its head. So who knows who they want to keep and who they want to get rid of and what players want to be here and what players don't. There's not going to be many, if any, people from the coaching staff left over once this regime change is official and set in stone. So do the Vikings, I th- do they basically, do they try and just rebuild and take a step back to redo the roster? Or do they say, we have a good, we have a good nucleus of talent. Let's push forward. Let's kind of do the halfway in, halfway out kind of deal that Spielman and Zimmer tried to do, but just basically knowing that they have the leash to where if they screw up, they're not getting fired. So they're a little more app they're a little more able to do some of these moves that can better off the franchise in five years because they have job security for five years that kind of deal Zimmer and Spielman didn't have that they were one year at a time because we need to keep our jobs kind of thing so there's that option uh I, I think really what happens is I think, in all honesty, and Adolfo Mensa could say it in the interviews, he could say, uh, you know, I think this team can win, I think it's great, I think we could do X, Y, Z, Z, whatever. But then when it gets down to it, they're like, okay, we gotta, we got to get rid of this guy. We have to rebuild. We have to do X. We have to do Y. And you kind of just chip away at it piece by piece. I think that's realistically what happens. I don't think the Vikings are a playoff team in 2022. They're just not. Unless major things happen. Unless they somehow land a Russell Wilson. Unless they somehow get an Aaron Rodgers. Unless they somehow get a whatever. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs next year. Even with Kirk Cousins. Even if the offense does well. That defense is just going to be really bad. Because keep in mind, all the starters that they had last year all signed one-year contracts or are going to be released. Anthony Barr not coming back. Xavier Woods not coming back. Patrick Peterson not coming back. Mackenzie Alexander not coming back. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is here for one more year. Sheldon Richardson's not coming back. Michael Pierce could be cut. Uh, there's just uh, there's no guarantee Daniil Hunter is going to be back. There's so many variables. And I think that's the question. And I think that if you want to wrap up this whole podcast in that... There are still a lot of questions about the Minnesota Vikings. We're just one step closer to getting some answers. And that step is in hiring uh, Kwesi Ruvumatsa. Uh, and that is going to be the biggest thing. So I think this is a good day for Vikings football once his press conference is official. I think he's a good hire. I'm excited to see what happens. He's a good hire until proven otherwise. Give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what he can do. There's a lot of different routes he can go, and we have no idea what those could be, but that's what makes this offseason fun is getting to speculate all of the different things that the Vikings can do. Well, all right, that's going to wrap it up here for another installment of the Minnesota Sports Podcast. No games here on this Wednesday night, but we'll talk more about those wild because, man, are they playing really well, and they're getting guys healthy, kind of like somebody said uh, about a month ago who said the wild are going to be fine. 
Psst, that was me. I said they were going to be fine. Just let them get healthy. Let them figure stuff out. They're a good team. They're going to get back on track. Timberwolves, by the way, getting back on track, proving me wrong when I said this team isn't going to make the playoffs until proven otherwise. We're over halfway through the year, and they're above the 500 mark, well, barely, and they probably won't get too much higher than where they're at right now. But Minnesota Timberwolves, man, jump on the bandwagon. And we got, we'll have plenty more to talk about tomorrow uh, here on the Minnesota Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word.